Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from Genesis chapters 8 and 9, from the life of Noah, on God's response to Noah's offering after he got off the ark, and we'll learn what God does when he smells the sweet savor of a peacemaking offering. Now, as we've been mentioning all week long on the Friendship with God radio program, Tom Cantor, the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries, is launching a summer blitz to reach lost Jewish people around the United States of America. It is our fourth year doing this, and we want your participation with this. We've got 108 missionaries going out to 14 Jewish cities in the U.S. and Canada. We'd like to get up to 110. We need your support of two more missionaries. If you'd like to be a part of the gospel going out to the Jew first, as Romans 1.16 tells us and commands us to do, we want you to be a part with your financial support so that we can get two more missionaries out on the field giving out the gospel in these 14 U.S. and Canadian cities this summer from Monday, May 11th, all the way through August 3rd. And we want your support of Jewish evangelism here with the gospel going to lost Israel. Help reach the lost house of Israel and the sheep that need to know the gospel, the Jewish people. So call us with your tax-deductible donation and support to get more missionaries out there giving out the gospel to Jewish people in our 14 Jewish cities this summer. You can donate online anytime at israelrestoration.org, israelrestoration.org, or friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or call us at 800-247-3051, 3051. 800-247-3051. Now here's our Bible teacher on friendship with God, Tom Cantor. Let's start with asking God for his help. And that's right, Lord, we come to you this morning and we so much need your help. We need your help, Lord, to open our eyes so that we can see clearly the one whom the Bible is the subject about, the Lord Jesus Christ. We need your help, Lord, to corral the thoughts of our minds, which are, Lord, so distracted. We need your help, Lord, that we might walk away from this, having been with the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray in your name. Amen. Now, Genesis chapter 8. Okay, please follow along here. Genesis chapter 8, verse 18. And Noah went forth, and his sons and his wife, and his son's wife with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, every fowl, whatsoever creepeth upon the earth after their kinds, went forth out of the ark. And Noah built an altar unto the Lord, and took of every clean beast, and of every fowl, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I smite it any more every living thing as I have done. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. Verse uh, 1, chapter 9. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be on every beast of the earth and upon every fowl of the air and upon all that moveth upon the earth and upon all the fishes of the sea. Into your hand are they delivered and every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you. Even as the green herb have I given you all things. But the flesh with the life thereof, which is the blood, Thereof shall ye not eat. And surely your blood of your lives will I require at the hand of every beast, will I require it, and at the hand of man, 
And at the hand of every man's brother will I require the life of man. Whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. For in the image of God made he man. Now, we've we've seen emphasized as we've been studying this, that those who came out of the ark, those who emerged from this scene of great death, those who came out of death as the only survivors, the only eight from this massive flood judgment were those who followed Noah into the ark, and they became known, as we've seen, as those who were with Noah, which emphasized to us that Noah was the Savior, was the only Savior from God's universal judgment. And in that way, we saw how Noah is like the Lord Jesus Christ, the only Savior from hell. Now, with the history of Noah, we saw something new last week in how God began to deal with all mankind as a unit, as a, and a kind of a universal sense. And he began to do things that affected all mankind. With the history of Noah, we saw that there was a judgment of all mankind. With the history of Noah, we saw that there was an ark, one ark, the one and only way for all mankind to be saved from the flood. To emphasize in this history of Noah, God's dealings with all mankind, that we saw that God began to use a special term that emphasized this. With the history of Noah, God began to use this term, which we saw, which was the term all flesh, or kol basar. All flesh had corrupted his way, or put in the Romans 3.23 way, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. God gave to all flesh one way of salvation, which was the ark, or put in the words of Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other for mankind. There's none other uh, name given under heaven whereby we must be saved. And we know that name is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, In chapter 8, where we are now, we saw another word for the first time used, and that was the word altar, mitzbeach, which literally means the place of slaughter, the place where victims were brought to, to be killed. And that's what the word altar means here. It's very, very important for Noah, this altar, because building the altar was Noah's first priority when he emerged from the ark. And we saw how he was known as a builder of two things. Noah built the ark, Noah built the altar. And we saw how that's a good thing. That's a good thing for us to be known by. We build an altar, we build an ark. We saw how Noah did when he built this ark, what he was doing when he built the ark is that he was making a way for the lost to be saved. That's what the ark was. The ark was a way for the lost to be saved. And if we keep that in mind, then we get the clue of how we build our ark. What we do when we build an ark is we make a way for the lost to be saved. When we build relationships with the lost. I mean, think about it. How many lost people do you have a relationship with? Because God said, in essence, he's saying, when you build a relationship with the lost, you're making a way for the lost to be saved. You'll use that relationship for the lost to be saved. And we saw that in the case of Noah, built the ark, and Noah also known for building the altar where, where he worshiped God. He had that priority. Same for us. Our priority 
priority is to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Spend time with him. Open Bible, open heart. That's what it means. And we saw how Noah's obedience, which was bringing a blessing that extended way beyond Noah. What he did, we benefit from today. Those who got off the ark benefited from today because of his obedience. And that's the picture of a priestly intercessor. That's Noah as the priestly intercessor having a good effect on people far beyond himself, like the Lord Jesus Christ. Those close to Noah, in other words, his family, They were saved because of Noah's obedience when they got off the ark. They turned to Noah and they thanked him for what he did. Another word we saw for the first time used in verse 20 was the word offerings, which, as we saw, means something ascending up, like a ladder, or something going up. And as a matter of fact, there's an important word that's used twice in verse 20 about the offerings, and that's the word every. Noah offered every every clean beast and of every clean fowl. Now, he could have held some back. He could have said, you know, this, uh, I don't understand. He could have said, you know, what, what use is it to kill these animals and then to burn them up so there's just a pile of ashes? He could have done that, but not Noah. Noah was determined, and that word every brings it out. He was determined to say to God, I give everything God, and I hold nothing back, all for Jesus, all for Jesus, all my being's ransom powers, all my thoughts and words and doings, all my days and all my hours. See, that's the idea behind this word every. So using the word every twice there emphasizes that Noah did not keep back, keep back part from God. Those are the very words that were used about Ananias and Sapphira was that they kept back part. And when Peter challenged them about the sale of their real estate and what they do with the money, Peter said in Acts 5.3, Peter said to Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Well, that wasn't Noah. Noah was an every and all to God type of person. Now it says in verse 21, as we've seen, that God's response to Noah giving this offering was that the Lord smelled a sweet savor and he said in his heart, okay? Now God's response to Noah's offering of a wholehearted devotion is said that he smelled a sweet savor. Now that brings to us a very special a very interesting first time it's used in the Bible here that will go on to be used many, many times, 43 more times. It's going to be used throughout the Bible as the word sweet. It's the word sweet. In the Hebrew, that word is nechoach. That's what it is, nechoach. It's, it's the, that's what the word is for sweet. It's a special word in the Bible. Why? Why is it a special word? Well, first of all, first thing to know about that word is that word has a twin sister, and they're inseparable. You always find its twin sister word with it. Now, what's the twin sister word? What's here? 
It's savor, savor, or odor, or smell. And that's the word reach, reach, which means the smell or the odor or the savor. And it's a twin sister. So you never find this word sweet, this particular word in Hebrew here, sweet without its twin sister. They're always together, see? So every time you see this word, sweet, which is this word, you know, nichoach, every time you see that in the Bible, it always means the it's always describing the savor, the smell, the odor, and it's always in connection with the offering to God. It's always that way. It gets a very important issue here in the Bible, which is very important for every person. And that issue is, what is an acceptable offering to God? What makes, I mean, after all, we've already studied in Genesis 4, two people. We see Cain, we see Abel. Each one has a different offering, and they get a different response from God. So it says in Genesis 4, 3 through 5, it says in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And verse 4 says, And Abel, he also brought the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And then it says, And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And then Cain was angry about it. We'll return with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on the Friendship with God radio program. We want to encourage you, as we mentioned at the start of our program, to support Jewish evangelism. We have a campaign called the Summer Blitz, and Tom Cantor, the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries, is sending out 108 missionaries around the United States in 14 Jewish cities in the U.S. and Canada, and we want to send out a few more missionaries to these cities so that the Jewish people can be reached with the gospel. Will you support lost Israel being reached with the gospel here in America, what a joy to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ one day and say, I helped find one of your lost sheep of the house of Israel. Here they are. And it's a joy to support Jewish evangelism. If you'd like to support us with your tax-free deductible donation, you can do so by going online to friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or calling us now or after the program at 800-247-3051, So we have here Abel, he brings an acceptable offering to God. Abel goes to heaven. And then we have Cain, and he brings an offering to God that's not acceptable. Cain goes to hell, as it says in 1 John 3.12. He was of that wicked one. So that's the difference between Cain and Abel. Cain brings an, Abel brings an acceptable offering, goes to heaven. Cain brings an unacceptable offering, goes to hell. Apart from that, Cain is fine. All right, so there's nothing more important, there's nothing more important in life than to go to heaven. And there's, so therefore, and, and to avoid hell, I mean, what could be more important than that? But so there's nothing more important than to bring an acceptable offering to God that smells sweet to him, that gets a person into heaven. That's very important. Unacceptable offering, God does not smell sweet, and the person ends up in hell. That's a very, very important for us to understand. What is an acceptable offering to God that will smell sweet to him? Big issue. It's a big issue. What's the acceptable offering? All right. So the answer to that is tied up in this word sweet. sweet, Don't think of sweet like honey sweet. It just happens to be translated sweet. But anyway. So what does that word mean? Nichoach. What does it mean? Well, it's very important. 
In fact, it's so important, the way it's written here, it says, the Lord smelled a savor, the sweet. So it gives it the title of this savor, this odor is called the sweet, the sweet. Okay, so what does it mean when God smells a sweet uh, savor? Okay, now, if I say to you this word, nichoach, what does it sound like to you? What other word does it sound like to you? Let me just give you a hint <laughs> and tell you that in Hebrew, the word Noah is not, is not Noah, it's Noach, Noach. And so this is a Nihoach, okay? You got it. <laughs> it sounds like Noah, right? It's sounding, okay, maybe it doesn't to you. What can, we, what can we do? All right, so anyway, so the meaning of Noah's name is tied up in this meaning of the word sweet here. Anybody remember what Noah's father, Noah's dad, why he named him Noah? No? Yeah, he's going to give rest. He's going to give comfort. Nacham, comfort. He's going to give rest. He's going to give comfort. He's going to... So when everyone gets off the ark, they turn to Noah and they said, your dad was right. And they said, <laughs> they said you really did give us rest. You did give us comfort. You gave us peace, you know. So you did that. In other words, when we got on the ark, we didn't have any rest, comfort, or peace. It was very, very bad. And now we get off the ark, and look, you did it. Okay? So the truth that's behind this, and if you turn to this, keep your place. That's why you have ten fingers, so you can keep ten places. So turn to Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 and verse 11. Isaiah 53, 11. Very important word there. It said, well, you look at Isaiah 53.10, and you, you can see a little bit more. You look at Isaiah 53.9, you see a little bit more. You look at the whole chapter, you see everything. Anyway, Isaiah 53.9 describes to us the type of offering that the Lord Jesus Christ was. Because he had done no violence, and neither was there any deceit in his mouth, that means he was an offering without blemish. He was perfect. He was sinless. And now we get in verse 10, and it says that the Lord made the offering of him. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. He put him to grief. And then in the middle of verse 10, we have, what should we do, therefore, you make, personally, individually, his soul your offering for sin. But then it says in verse 11, that when the Father, when God the Father saw the travail of his soul, here's, the, here's an interesting word, he said he was satisfied. He was satisfied. And he says, by his knowledge, he'll justify many. That word satisfied in Isaiah 53, 11, is the key to the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he was satisfied, that means it was enough. It was enough, and God was satisfied that all his requirements for justice have been met. It was enough, and he was satisfied that all of man's debt for sin had been paid. Now, We've, we've seen emphasized, as we've been studying this, that those who came out of the ark, those who emerged from this scene of great death, those who came out of death as the only survivors, the only eight from this massive flood judgment were those who followed Noah into the ark, and they became known, as we've seen, as those who were with Noah. And we saw how Noah's obedience, which was bringing a blessing that extended way beyond Noah. What he did, we benefit from today. Those who got off the ark benefited from today because of his obedience. So what does that word mean? 
Nichoach. What does it mean? Well, it's very important. In fact, it's so important, the way it's written here, it says, the Lord smelled a savor, the sweet. So it gives it the title of this savor, this odor is called the sweet, the sweet. So that verse in Isaiah 53, 11, means that God the Father saw the offering of God the Son, of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he was satisfied so that the great war between sinful man and God, it could be over. It was over. And there was peace and there was rest and then, because God was satisfied. It was enough. That's why it says in Colossians 1.20 that having made peace through the blood of his cross, he made this rest, this comfort. It's the meaning of the word, the sweet part. It's the rest and the comfort that came through the blood of his cross because it was the only offering that God was satisfied with. And there's only one offering that smells sweet and satisfying and peacemaking, comfort bringing, rest giving. That's all tied up in that word that sounds like Noah's name. And it's all there. And it's the offering of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why God says to us, to everybody, in Isaiah 53.10, because God's satisfied, God says, I have some advice for you. And my advice, God says, is you better make his soul your offering for sin. That's what you have to do. And he says to all people everywhere, everywhere, he says, make the soul of the Lord Jesus Christ your offering for sin. Make him your savior. Take him as your savior because God says, for his and his alone sacrifice, I smell sweet savor. I smell a savor that brings the peace. I smell a savor that brings comfort and rest. So then when that happens, then a general scripture becomes a personal reality, and that's the scripture of Romans 5.1. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. When the individual take, makes his soul an offering for sin, that becomes a personal reality. Okay, so that's why the Lord Jesus Christ is referred to as a sweet savor in 2 Corinthians 2.15, a sweet savor of Christ. And then you may like to turn to Ephesians 5.2. It's very interesting in this context. Ephesians 5.2 says this. Ephesians 5.2. There's another finger. You can hold this place. It says here, Christ also hath loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. So, when God smells the offering of the Lord Jesus Christ, when God smelled the offering which prefigured the Lord Jesus Christ, that Noah was making, he says, sweet-smelling, rest-giving, peace-giving, so forth, comfort, satisfied enough, has a smell, and then God responds in his heart, and it says in Genesis 8. It's response in his heart with a promise. And the promise is he's not going to curse in the same way that he did before. He says he's not going to do that. So, you know, we can ask the question, what does God do when he smells Christ who loved us, gave himself for us for an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor? What does he do when he smells the sweet-smelling savor of the offering of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross? He does the same thing that he did when he smelled with Noah. He makes a promise. He's not going to curse. 
Again, in the same way, a person takes the Lord Jesus Christ as a Savior, makes his soul an offering for sin, God responds and says, I will not curse that person by sending him into hell, because by faith he's taken my son as his offering for sin. I won't curse him. And that's why he makes him makes that invitation you know, to do that. Same invitation in Isaiah 72, 5. Let him take hold of my strength, God says, that he may make peace with me, and he shall make peace with me. So it says in Isaiah 27, 5. So the pattern that we look at, we stand back, we look at Isaiah 8, and we identify a pattern, a very important pattern. Number one, God judges the earth. Another great day of fantastic teaching here on the Friendship with God radio program. Thank you for listening. We've got many things to announce for you here. You can sign up for Tom Cantor's daily devotional verse, which is available at friendshipwithgod.org. Just go to friendshipwithgod.org and click on sign up, and you'll be able to get Tom Cantor's Friendship with God daily devotional verse, as well as sign up for the newsletter from Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries. And when you sign up for the newsletter, you'll be able to hear about the Summer Blitz. Now, this is what we've been telling you all week long, the Jewish outreach campaign that we have that's going around the United States starting Monday, May 11th, all the way through August 3rd, where we go to 14 Jewish cities around the U.S. and Canada, and we take the gospel to the Jewish people to reach them, that they might be saved as well, too. And it's our heart's desire, it was Paul's desire, and it's the Lord's desire that is spoken of in Scripture that he wants his people to be saved. If you'd like to be a part of reaching lost Israel here in America, the Jewish people can be saved. Blindness has come in part, not in whole, to the Jewish people, so they can receive Jesus Christ as their Messiah, too. Help us to take resources, materials, and a gospel witness to them. We've got 108 missionaries going out. We want to send 110, maybe more. We need your support, tax-free deductible support. You can send it to us online at israelrestoration.org. Donate right online at israelrestoration.org. That's israelrestoration.org. Or you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. Donate right online or call us now with your tax-free support for Jewish evangelism and support for this Bible teaching radio program. Our number is 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Again, 800-247-3051. Thanks for listening to Friendship with God.